WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it's SE Gurus. Is a rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. SC Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the world wide web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host, Darren Pappen, also known as SE Guru, and his beautiful co-host, Brandy. SE Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and has taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high-competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat, kick back, and get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of webmaster radio. It's Essie Guru and Brandy, and you're listening to Rainmaker. That's right, folks. It is another Thursday evening, and boy, let me tell you what. It has been an exciting day of production all day long. Uh, can I tell you, from yesterday to today, I don't know, maybe whether it's the holidays or what have you, but we just gained all sorts of steam and momentum. And um, God, It's been a fun week. Well, it has been like a very, very fun week. You could almost just belt out that Yahoo yodel. <laughs> if, if you want, if you want to put it like that, because or woohoo, Yahoo, yeah, Yahoo's been like very involved uh, this week uh, on the air. Uh, they launched their own radio show here last night, which was well. I mean, the re- the response was over the top phenomenal. Like, and it's what the community needs and wants. Like wow, I walked in and I, I had um, I had responses from from people. In fact, our content distribution network said, uh, "Oh, by the way, congrats! Look at this." And and uh, they'd sent over um, this little uh, note tidbit that had been picked up. Uh, who was it that you you said called you for a quote? Oh, I don't know. We were in Ad Week. We had our own article in Ad right. Week last week. Right. We were in the Herald this morning, uh, Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, I I got pinged right off this morning. And then, of course, Yahoo was just on the air, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time with... uh, Good Karma. Good Karma. Greg Nyland, good ROI, uh, better known as. So it's been been a very interesting uh, week. Warren Berger on earlier in the week. Extra, like wow, that was an amazing interview. Can I tell you? Yeah, I, I was, you can tell me. I was sitting next to Katie, and I was watching the chat room, and as they discussed all the different forms of advertising and. You know, uh, what what Warren Berger's impression of, of uh, you know, the best Super Bowl ad might be, you know, uh, you know, he, it, it was kind of interesting. One that's long enough that I can actually leave and get something <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. <laughs> Indeed. But I am like, I am so excited. I'm actually trying to say very She's few She's jumping words. in her chair no, right I now. I am, but I'm scared. I don't want to say anything. I'm going, oh God, everything I'm going to say is going to get edited. <laughs> you know. We have two, um, I'm sure, very lovely, lovely people 
on uh, on the line with us this evening. Um, it takes two to make a handsome couple. Behind every uh, icon is uh, the woman that helps uh, create that passion and that strength to move the him forward. And tonight, uh, I think we've got an example of just that. You know what? I'm not going to do any fancy introductions because I think if you don't know who these people are, then um, you needn't be listening to the show. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But we are so fortunate. 47 years at Simon & Schuster at the helm. He uh, just sort of uh, gave in the the, uh, the reins and he is now, I, I believe, considered editor-in-chief Emiratus, where he's going to be handling a few featured uh, authors, as well as focusing on the books that he's authored with him and his wife. So without further ado, the man, the icon, it is so my pleasure to introduce both Margaret and Michael Corda. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I hope we're as lovely as your other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying, I'm going, you know, I don't know if lovely describes them. I don't really I, know them. <laughs> I, it's interesting that I couldn't quite make the 50 years of Simon and Sister. You have a temptation to go to the round number and say, well, you know, we can make, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I reached 47 and I said the hell with it. Good for you. <laughs> God, but like, I am so, um, I grew up, my mother actually is a public author and unfortunately my mother was not available for comment but um, she wrote a, uh, a book entitled I'd Like to See Less of You and I just remember as a, as a, as a I'm sure you appreciate me it's saying a this wonderful title isn't it <laughs> but but she means it in the nicest way right. um, she was actually that book was ac- actually published by Athenaeum I think it was um, passed over by Simon and Schuster <laughs> <laughs> Athenaeum ended up being bought by Simon and Schuster right yeah there you go there you go so you know it was yep. a day good so it's all part of the family we love that but um my mom's beverly bar um i don't know if you remember her but she absolutely remembers you and no, i remember the name absolutely oh okay. I, I am i am i am not yet completely senile getting there <laughs> i try to be but on certain days oh. i often ask for that lobotomy so you know every once in a while i walk up to someone and say do you have a steady hand and a chisel oh, <laughs> gosh but now, now now let me ask you you know you guys you're you're a couple you're married you've you've written uh, a bunch of books here i'm sitting here looking at, at, at the books and i for one i'm gonna raise my hand i in the room i i'm i'm a cat person okay now uh, before we get off into the books you know uh, brandy and i we're married and our listeners they they know that you know we're a married couple and and uh, we work together and that's you know we spend 24 7 together now, can, can you give us a little background, you know, h- how long have you guys been working together directly? Not that long. Not, not that long. No, Michael and I have only co-authored, collaborated uh, on these last two books. I have only just, let's say, in the last two years, two and a half years, stepped over the line into his world. You know, which which is exciting because I haven't done that. You know, I, you know, it's always hard to do research on someone because it's other people's words written, except for those lovely quotes of yours, Michael, <laughs> which I think are so utterly interesting. Some I agree with, someone I don't understand, but um, but both of you seem to traverse. This really Very. cool yep. line, like he wasn't a cat lover, but then you sort of like brought him over to the cat lover's side of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you didn't have a passion for writing, but now, you know, you have the ability to collaborate. And uh, that's that's a gift. That's like a true awesome couple. And you guys have been married since what, the early 80s? Well, we've been married since uh, 
Jeez, Michael. Oh, forever. 78. 78. But we have known each other for longer than that. I have to confess that we were both married to other people when we met. So if we go back in time, it's way back in time. I think 72 or 73. 73. Wow. Um, and we met riding horses, because we each had horses, in Central Park. We used to ride every morning in How different directions romantic. around the reservoir. And then one morning we went out and rode early in the morning in the same direction. And after that, it was all over but the shouting. I love that. Okay, so but you were married to other people at the same time that your horses rode in the same direction? Yeah. yeah but, oh, yeah. I love this story. Okay, yeah. keep going. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long time. There's no question about that. And I must say that during most of it, it never occurred to us to collaborate on a book, um, which I also think is a very daring and difficult thing for people to do. I think collaboration, even with a comparative stranger, is not easy. Collaboration with somebody that you are married to, when you go to bed every night, um, still discussing the things that you discuss during the day, wake up every morning and discussing them again, is a whole different proposition that people have to... um, uh, really get fixed in their minds before they do it. You know, I think it's a testament to the strength of the relationship between Margaret and myself Truly. that ultimately we could do it because not many people can. And you Let know what? Just you say it, it was one book was easy and one was really bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we'll get to that. But you know what? Like you brought up something that's so true is because, you know, perfect example. I, a girlfriend of mine called me up and she said to me, you know, Brandy, my husband, he comes home every night and the first thing he does is he gives me a kiss on my forehead. He puts, you know, he puts his computer bag down and he takes his computer back, you know, and plugs it in. Mm. And I couldn't commiserate with her because I thought, yeah, oh, this, is, this, by the way, is not a good scenario for a marriage. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I, but you know, I'm Jimmy Carter said, I, I actually published and edited Jimmy Carter's first book. I don't know whether that's a good thing to do or bad, but anyway. <laughs> no, I love him. And, and Jimmy Carter said that the only time he ever thought that his marriage to Rosalind might possibly break up is when they collaborated on a book together. <laughs> really? Yeah. He said it was the hardest thing he'd ever done in his life. They're both very people of very strong opinions, mm-hmm. but not shared opinions necessarily. Well, and, um, and they wrote a book together, and he just found it very, very, you know, you can imagine you're president of the United States, former president of the United States, you're used to people paying attention to what you say. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden you're sitting there in front of the typewriter and somebody you're married to is saying, no, that's that's not right. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> that's I, not the best way of saying that. And right. you know what? I mean, we, we do the same thing, but, but you know, the, the, I, I guess because we, we're so accustomed to that, that collaboration, we both go home, we both whip out the laptops. <laughs> <laughs> Like that is That's the hardest part Michael Because you brought it up In the beginning Is like Because we don't turn off The business Like you wake up Margaret Thinking mm-hmm. about it yep. You're in the middle of the day You're doing it And then you come home at night And you know You think we'd be doing it But we're just still Talking about it No I think that's bad I think <laughs> You ought to consider The possibility Of opening a bottle of wine And enjoying a long Slow dinner With a bottle of wine As opposed to Opening up the laptops uh, That's my free marital advice yeah. <laughs> But you see I was lucky Because I only wrote my part of the books during the winter months. I won't do it during the summer. Oh, because you like to be out with your horses. I like to compete with my horses, mm-hmm. so I absolutely tune out to that. So now let me ask you a question, because this is, I, I just think, God, you you started off in, like, to me, the the like the romance era of publishing. Mm. I mean, you, you Michael, um, you wrote the rules on editing. In my, in, for, for, for where I come from, 
Like you wrote the rules. How how did you? I mean, because you, you really you worked your way up through the ranks. How did you start to really finesse yourself so that you'd ride that crest up? Well, you have to understand that I never wanted to go into the book business in the first place and never had any idea what it was about. I mean, I consumed books. But, you know, the fact that you consume a lot of books is like consuming a lot of groceries. It doesn't mean you want to be a farmer or a baker. Um, I mean, you're a film guy, right? I, yeah, I was born in a film family. Yeah. And I read. I mean, I, I've always been an omnivorous and very rapid and very, um, uh, one would say, Margaret would say, self-absorbed reader. I mean, <laughs> put me in front of a book and I'm lost to the rest of the world. Right. But, um uh, so it came to me as a great astonishment when I was looking for work in New York after I arrived here in 1957 that there were actually people who would pay me to read a book. Right. I mean, it just, it had never occurred to me that... that you could do something that you loved. Yes, I mean, it's like hearing somebody would pay you to breathe. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so, um, you know, when I fell into this job, I had hoped to become a combat photographer at Life magazine, which is ironic because Margaret's ex-husband was a very famous photographer. Oh. Um, but when that didn't pan out, uh, I thought, well, I'll take this temporary job, which was offered um, as an assistant editor at Simon & Schuster, you know, pending somebody phoning from Life magazine to say, grab your Leica and get on the way to wherever the war is. Uh, a call which never came. Um, and, <laughs> Things are and, meant to And be. there I discovered, you know, not only that it's possible to re get, read books and get paid for doing it, but that if you read books a little more slowly than you normally do and just think to yourself, what is wrong with this? Right. You're an editor. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I mean, because we all are. I mean, we're all critics. We're all. At, I, I, I can. I understand that. Well, no, because think about it. You know, when we walk out of a movie, what's the first thing you like to do? You like to dissect it. I like to find the yeah. holes. She verbally, you know, she looks at me. She's like, "Okay, let's let's go through this now," and and she she's like, "This this worked, this worked, but this did not work at all." And she likes to just you know grab grab a verbal knife and <laughs> chop it to pieces if she can. And if she can't, she's like, "God, that was great." Let's see it again. <laughs> you, know? But, you know, the other thing which I know is going to sound luddite um, in terms of rejecting modern technology is that uh, I discovered because it didn't exist in England the yellow legal pad. Ah, which, which since I was once Richard Nixon's editor, you know, it, it was a favorite Nixon tool. And, and a recorder. And, and, and when you read a book, if you put a yellow legal pad on your lap and take a pen or pencil, and as you say to yourself, why on earth did he include that paragraph? And, and, and why on earth um, does she have the character do that at this point in the book? And you write those things down, right? Bingo. You've done something which practically nobody else does. Because at the end, you've got 30 or 40 pages of notes which you can type up and send to somebody, and they're amazed. They say, you know, how could you do that? But the truth of the matter is it's not that difficult. Yeah, but, but you know what? You, you have an eye. And, 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 and yes, in practice, it sounds like that makes a lot of sense. But I think it's someone having an eye. I think that, you know, Darren likes to say, and it's true, people are sheep. They're herded. Like, that's something that I would find very interesting, and I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of cool. 
You know, I think I'll send Janet Ivanovich. But no, I'm kidding. But you know, <laughs> well, you have, no. I think, I, the, I think the trick is you have to see what's wrong, but you also have to figure that everybody has their own style and way of doing things. You can't impose right, right. your judgment on everybody. On the other hand, some things make absolutely no sense at all, and it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Ronald Reagan or Richard Nixon or Henry Kissinger, or whether it's you know a best-selling mystery writer. You know, there's a point where you say, wait a minute, you can't. It doesn't make any sense. You've given away the whole book on the stage. Um, so it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's come to me as something that isn't that difficult. It's time-consuming, but not that difficult to do. But I will tell you, which really applies to Margaret and myself, that the one thing I can't do is edit myself. And second to that would be the difficulty of editing something that Margaret and I have done. I, that I can't, I can't, wow. I, right. I can't see that objectively at all. I, you know, something, and I don't, I mean, you can't see the forest through the trees. And if you could, God forbid, right, Margaret? <laughs> In some search, under certain yes, circumstances. you know, Michael says that, but I do think the work, when it's done, he certainly had a very strong hand before it ever goes into an editor. Oh, I'm sure, but don't you, do you, do you feel, though, that with... You know, A, having the ability to be objective about the two of you and your writing styles. Mm-hmm. And then B, just, you know, like what you were saying, gee, at the end of the day, let's have a nice, crack a nice bottle of wine and right. enjoy some time. Like, it's hard to enjoy some time when it's like, Margaret, you're wonderful and lovely, but you know how you spent four hours on that last chapter or, you know, 20 hours or whatever? Yep. Well, I don't think Michael would ever say that. You know, okay. I, I, try and find, I try and find a more tactful way. Right. Look, the first, the first time, Margaret knows the story, unfortunately, but the first time that I ever sat down to have breakfast at Henry Kissinger's house when I was about to become his editor, um, uh, I sort of primed myself for this because I'm very invested in history and I'm uh, and very knowledgeable about it and politics and diplomacy and so forth. So we had quite a marvelous breakfast. I mean, it was just... We had a great time, the two of us together, and hit it off um, very well. So, we, I walk him back to his office from the River House, you know, followed by his Secret Service right, guard. Right. And as we get to his office, Henry turns to me and he says, "You know, up until now, I have never understood that all the books I've read." what an editor does because I've never been edited properly by anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Now I understand completely what an editor does and I'm very confident people get along well together. But I have to tell you this, never in my whole life has anybody interrupted me so often. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It says everything about being an editor. Never in my never in your whole life has anybody interrupted you so often. <laughs> it's true. You know what? That's so well said. And That's then he tolerate that. But you know what? I, I, I read a quote from you somewhere and it's you know, you can't be shy. You can't be the wallflower. You got to put yourself out there and be bold and be who you are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, you got to be a little bit careful. You can go. You got to be very careful with comments like boring or, <laughs> <laughs> or, mean, or forget about it. Sleeping, but but, uh, yeah. uh, but, um, but you know, you have to. And with Margaret and myself, I think. But it was a lot easier on the cat book because the truth of the matter is, with cat people, ah. Uh, I mean, none of us is a vet, so we're writing about the cats we've known and about crazy people we know who own a lot of cats. And, and you know, the whole role that cats play. Right, right, right. And, right. So forth. and that's something that you can collaborate on. With the horse book, the difficulty there is that Margaret knows a thousand times more about horses than I would ever 
want to know or could ever know. And that's much more difficult. Because, because of the organizing of issues of right. yes, no, true, false. Right. Um, and and it's, it, it's a more difficult thing. But it is amazing because in my 47 years of book publishing, I have known very, very few collaborations that have come to a happy end with the two people on speaking terms with each other. And Margaret and I are still living in the same house and married. And that is so beautiful. And speaking of living in the same house, yes, <laughs> yes. in order for us to stay in the studios, we need to take a quick commercial break. But would you kids stand by and we'll be right sure, back absolutely. with you? Okay. All right. Stay with us, folks. Right back with Michael and Margaret Quarter. What happens when super affiliates hit the glass ceiling? They develop RevenueGateway.com. The ad network developed by super affiliates for the affiliate marketplace. Tap into the most powerful and intuitive system designed for ROI. Exclusive tier one advertisers, highest industry payouts, bonus rewards, and rock solid on time payments. Looking to be creative or need mentoring? There is always someone there for you live 24-7. RevenueGateway.com. The secret to your success. RevenueGateway.com. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch searchmedia.com today. Like the idea of gambling and winning with someone else's money? How about cashing in with the house? Sign up today with PartyPoker.com, the world's largest poker room and poker affiliate program. Cash in on one of the most lucrative and fastest growing industries for webmasters. There's $10 million paid out to webmasters every month. The world is your oyster and every hand is a winner. Wouldn't you like a slice of that pie? PartyPoker.com. Betting on the house makes you a winner every time. Contact Alex L at PartyGaming.com for a great deal. PartyPoker.com It's SC Gurus Rainmaker hey, Yankee, yeah. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Yankee and a southerner. I do that lovely southern draw. I don't, I don't have the Texan accent. I'm sorry, but... No, I don't, I don't think I do either, but I love that honey drip sort of sound. Anyway. <laughs> someone's probably going to pull that blurb out and use it for a promo now. Thanks. Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. And we are back. Wow. <laughs> How are you doing there, sweetheart? I'm doing awesome. Like, I don't think you understand. I just got to inject this for a second because I wasn't going to make it about this, but it kind of is. My mother would work all day. Right. Okay. She would come home and she would write 
because my mother's an extremely disciplined woman, from midnight until three o'clock in the morning with that, like a, an electric typewriter. Right. Clack, 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 clack. I mean, I hated that thing. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, had, I had like nightmares as a child of that thing. And like my mom was a pioneer among women. Women, woman, hear her roar. And I just like, I lived it. I absolutely lived it as a child with her. Like she had this thing that she called a manuscript, but it was a bunch of typewritten pages that she did all on her own. And she marched herself into New York and she got a book published. And, you know, she became a star in her own market segment. And I just think that's so amazing. And I just, I do. Like I think a lot of who I am I got from the confidence that my mother just naturally instilled in me. And uh, tonight, our featured guests are Michael and Margaret Corda. And uh, God, like, Michael, what does it feel like to make a star? Like, all those thousands of manuscripts and pages. Well, but I don't think that that's really, you know, I don't see myself as having done that. I, to me, um, I fix things up, but I don't invent them, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But, but you um, choose. You choose. Uh, I, I, I try and... I try not to think of myself as that because once you do, you get into very real trouble. And in in a way, my relationship with Margaret in terms of writing is based on on that very strong sense I have. Keeping your feet on the ground. Yeah, well, but the the, the editor is a... The the person who edits, and in this case the collaborator, is there to help but not necessarily to form things. Margaret had very strong ideas of her own about how horse people should be done. Um, and I think I think you have to you, you, you have to respect those feelings. Um, uh, I, I'm very conscious as an editor that I ought to be in the background. Now let, let's let's shift gears for a second here. You, you know, Margaret, what, from your perspective, you know, here you are. You, you're writing. You know, you, you, you're beginning in the winter season. You, you've made up your mind. You're going to collaborate. You're going to write this book. What went through your mind when you first decided, we're going to do this together? Well, first of all, what went through my mind was, thank God I have months before I have to start. <laughs> <laughs> because we si- I signed, well, Michael and I signed a contract in the May. I remember that very well. And I said to him, I will not as you know, sit down and start anything till the beginning of November, but I will be finished by the end of January following year. So I had lots of time. You know, I just had lots of time. I never thought about it again. Just kind of put it it. And then I sat down and I turned it out rather fast. Wow. Okay, so once you made that decision in your mind, you just, you were good to go. I was good to go. I am, once I make a decision, once once I've made up my mind to do something, I know I'm going to do it. Good for you. But but how, but did you have um, a background in writing prior to this? Oh, yeah. Not in writing. No. I mean, I've always, you know, I come from a generation of letter writers, long, long letter writers. I mean, I just came across a batch of letters that my father saved before he died and sent to me that I wrote to him when I spent three months in Russia in the early 60s. So I love to write. And I've only come very late to doing things like email. And I've learned to do email because it means I don't have to answer direct questions if people telephone <laughs> Smart girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, okay, so, so you, you had, and you obviously had developed your own style, and I'm sure in, in working with Michael, 
let's say, yes. over these past, you know, 30 you know, I, years? I, Michael went ahead. He wrote his part of the first book, which was Horse Housekeeping. He said to me, there it is. The manuscript sat on the floor of his office. And he said to me two or three months later, have you looked at it? And I said, no. And a couple of months later, I thought, well, I've got about a month to go. I better look at it. I picked it up. I read it. I thought, oh, my God. This is <laughs> totally wrong. I mean, I, I said to him, I can't have my name on this. <laughs> now, what was so totally wrong about it? Well, you know, Michael Wright wrote it. Michael is not the person that goes out there and runs the barn. Right. Michael does wonderful things about the historical point of the horse and the horse in history and the horse of its use during the centuries. He likes the fun part. And wonderful stories about horse people, but he ain't out there taking care of it. <laughs> he's not, you mean he's not mugging the stalls? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not good at that. <laughs> he's not good at any of that, you know. And I said to him, you know, this, is, this, is, this isn't going to work. And I wrote my part, and we had a tough time stitching it together. Okay. Well, I think stitching things together in a manuscript is always very difficult. It's one of the hardest things about a collaboration is actually sitting down to stitch two separate people's point of view together into one cohesive whole that makes sense. Right. It's a lot of work. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, in the past, Margaret, when when Michael was working on on other people's projects, were you privy to that? Were you sort of, you know, like um, the editor's editor? So to no. speak, the editor's editor's no, editor. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I would get, I would get the good luck to read manuscripts that came in, and um, of Michael's authors. So I, I, I get to read the book long before it was ever done. No, but I you don't kn- get to say so on anything. I did once make a huge mistake. Michael gave me a manuscript to read because it had to do with horses, and I said, "Oh, nobody's ever going to read this." And what, and and what it book turned was out it? To be a major, major <laughs> Monty Roberts with Monty Roberts, <laughs> <laughs> number one bestseller. Oh, oh my God! What, so let me ask you a question. What was the? <laughs> you know, we don't always make the. You know, it's things are meant to be. What was the hardest decision you ever made in in choosing to publish someone's book? Oh. Not or not to publish someone's book. It goes so far back, but I'm not sure that it will ring an echo for anybody but me. But because I I I, I can with great difficulty read German, um, I'm less good at it now than I used to be. I was privy um, uh, to, to to reading Albert Speer's book on the Third Reich. His memoir on the Third Reich, but he came out of prison. Okay. And it was published in German, and I I thought it was. A, and I still think it is a major and absolutely incredible book, one of the great books of the 20th century and one of the most powerful books of the 20th century. And I very much wanted Simon Schuster to publish it and um, fought very hard for us to buy it. And Max Schuster, who was then alive, the co-founder of Simon Schuster, because I had sensed a certain reluctance on everybody's part and I thought it had to do with money, called me in and said, you know, it, it isn't a question of money. He said, I've read it, I think you're right, I think it's brilliant. But I will tell you quite frankly, I do not want my name on the same book as Albert Spears, and that's all there is to it. Right. And I totally understood it. I understood it then, and I understood it now. I understand it now, and I even sympathize with it. Uh, but if there's one book I would like to have published, it's Albert Spears' memoirs. Um, uh, beyond that, I don't have any regrets. Um, I wish Margaret and I had started to work on books together. 
um, sooner. sooner because I think we'd have done a lot of very successful and very funny books but of course we've got plenty of time in front yes of. you do that's the whole that's the, that's the exciting thing is figuring out what it is that you love and to be in the position that you're both in now and just pursue it. That's fabulous. Now that that's that's my next question is you know here we are now we're we're, we're sitting in, in in front of a couple of books that you have collaborated on. You know you've gone Michael through years. You know forty seven years <laughs> of <laughs> okay, well, without hitting that round number. You know uh, of of you know being right on the front lines. You know and. Now you have the opportunity to jump in bed, so to speak, with your, your life partner, your you know your your lovely wife, and you're going to collaborate, right? What was one of the big stumps that you guys you guys ran into in working together? Well, I think that Margaret would probably agree that that. One problem is that I, I, I am a very fast writer, and so it's natural for me to sit down and begin. It's not natural for me to talk to anybody else about what I'm doing. Right, so it's and he doesn't like to be criticized. <laughs> oh, really? Now, <laughs> I know that yeah. may sound astonishing, <laughs> but, um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I. I uh, it, 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 it's very difficult for me because for me, writing has always been up so now something that I did that was an escape from the world of book publishing. Um, Interesting. Where you're dealing with a lot of other people's opinions, you know, people that judge the authors, the agents, the publishers, the sales department, everybody comes in and says, why can't it be shorter? Why can't it have a better ending? Right, everyone's got their own Why agenda can't for it. Title Why can't the girl get the boy? Right. <laughs> Why does she get murdered on page two? And, <laughs> and, and, and so when I write books, I mean, for better or for worse, it's always been kind of an escape that I sit down and do what I want to do, and people don't like it, fine, but that's what I wanted to do. So it was very difficult to learn. Now, uh, out, of, out, of, out of horse housekeeping, everything you need to know to keep a horse at home, what uh, what did what what did y'all walk away with out of this after this project was done on a personal level? I think well, I, I think Margaret should really answer. I walked away yeah. with a great sigh of relief that we managed to bring it off. Muzzle <laughs> 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 so I don't know what Margaret. Was. I walked away with it, the fact that the phone is not rung with somebody saying to me, "You're absolutely wrong." That's great. That's great. No, I we've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of response from people who have said oh my god you know it would have been really great to have had this book um to have known this thing or that thing that's rewarding right yeah it is yeah, oh it I, is. yeah i think one of the things that the book does and that's almost entirely margaret's doing is that you really could take this book and use it as um, a reference book that would tell you what to do, and I think more important almost, what not to do. What not to do. I think it tells people just as much, you know, think very carefully about keeping your horses at home. It's a huge responsibility as well as expensive. Well, they take up a lot of room in the bed. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Although they spoon great. Uh, now, but what was the, like, did you guys have a, make a pact before writing this book? Like, we promise we are, you know, 
going to take weekends off, or if we get to a certain point, we're going to... Oh, that's never happened in this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could get Michael to take time off. No, no, no. I mean, but from, you know, because like, I I will say, like, Darren and I, we have a, like, we're workaholics, and we absolutely have a passion for what we do, and it's very hard to separate, like, business and pleasure, because Mm -hmm. they're, they're so intertwined with us. And finally, he said, you know what, this is, we need, we need time just for us. I so. told her, I said, you know what? We're, we're, we're done on the way. You're going to close the laptop. We're going to go take sailing lessons. Mm-hmm. We're out of here. Mm-hmm. We're going to go figure out how to sail a boat and do it properly. And you know what? It's pretty doggone hard to plug in a laptop <laughs> when you, when your sailboat's healing over. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's not impossible. But <laughs> it's not impossible. <laughs> I have my BlackBerry. I have my BlackBerry. So <laughs> she does. She has, have to stay connected She on has the level. BlackBerry, and that, that's that's still, you know, it's still uh, an issue to, to, to cover. But, you know, I, it, it became something that, you know, you know, we collaborate, we, we, we brainstorm and business comes home no matter what. And, um, you know, I, there came a point in time where I said, you know, it was brilliant. we have to do this for us because no matter what the work is going to be there on Monday. Well, and I think for us, you know, I, you know, I think each, each person has their own eyes to see th- something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the eyes to see the fact that, you know what, we get along amazingly well. I'm an only child who... Me too. Uh, are you? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you a question then. <laughs> I mean, I've always been the kind of person who, I'm very social. I absolutely love being around people. But you know what, Margaret, it was lovely spending time with you. You can go home now. And Well, yes. And I've got to the point of Michael too, <laughs> because we always say, oh. Let's not have guests anymore. Let's get get rid of the beds in the guest room. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, come. We make it. In. No, no. When we love, and we're constantly. We have like we should put a revolving door. Yeah, we on our, We call it, you know, Chateau Babin. But and, and I we do. We've taken care of that. We removed the bed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big house. Yeah, yeah. That's but you know what? I found it was very hard when I I was an only child growing up in England. and was sent away to boarding schools, and never had the opportunity until I went away to school to interact with people, and then it was very difficult. So when I first came to this country, I just was amazed at people. Because I mean, so everybody social. seemed to interact with everybody, and mm-hmm. it was very tough for me. And I can understand that, especially being an only child. And it's funny, because prior to Darren, I never... Um, and I think of people, like, you know, the way you perceive yourself isn't the way other people perceive you. And I am a very social person, but I absolutely do get to my point of, like, over-saturation with oh, people. Oh, yeah, and you just back off. And But with him, I never, I never get bored. Right. I never, I mean, we very rarely argue, and I think arguing's healthy. I mean, any couple that doesn't argue or yell or vent is, mm-hmm. like, that's just, I don't know, they're, they're a heart attack waiting to happen or, mm-hmm. you know, explosion. But he had the ability to see, you know what, we need to unplug from here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is the only person, I, I have to say, that I've, I mean, we, we literally spend... 24-7 together. Like, if, if it, we, we have probably have separation anxiety if we're separated for, like, no, more than seven probably. hours. No, not probably. We do. We do. <laughs> and, I, and I'm the first one to say it, and all my guy friends look at me like I'm a whack job. But, you know, I, I consider myself fortunate enough that, um, you know, I've, I've been married twice before, and, um, you know, when you find your soulmate, you, you know, the other half of that puzzle that fits you, you know, I hate this line. I really do. And, and, and you know, Michael, I'm sure in your career, you've 
come across a lot of these corny lines that you know for whatever reason just work and and you know the, the American public falls in love with them but um, you know you had me at hello <laughs> oh, shut up. I was going to say that as a I like joke. I, I, have not, I, yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. I think that that's absolutely I think one of the things that, that works for Margaret and myself is that we're really very comfortable together. Yes. You know, we don't have to do anything special. Uh, you know, we're just very comfortable being together and have no particular desire to go and do anything else. Um, so, yeah, and, and that makes collaboration I also think we follow, you know, we do our, you know, Michael, of course, has always been at Simon & Schuster, and I've always had my horses, so there's a healthy... Balance. Yeah. Which is interesting because we don't fit into, quote unquote, that healthy balance mentality that I've always, you know, because I've always been this strong, independent, I don't really need a man, you know, Mm -hmm. love having a man, but don't need a man. Um, So we don't really subscribe to that. Although, you know what? All right. So speaking of subscribing, we should subscribe (laughs) to our next break. (laughs) God, you guys, I I really like you people. (laughs) We are. Could you hang out for a few minutes while we pay a little homage to our we're going to run off, take one more final break, folks, and we will but be back. But we're keeping the quarters. The quarters are now being held hostage at Webmaster Radio. <laughs> okay. stay, stay with us, folks. Really there we oh, go. We love that. So you can have your own radio show, kids. Oh, there we go. Stand by, folks. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Blogoscope spotted an ad out on Google. It's like a placeholder for a flash. It was like test flash ads go here and it had the URL google.com. It looked like maybe they were trying to test out how they might put flash ads in Google search results. Bloggeria. Sorry. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) The Daily Search Cast with Danny Sullivan. Tuesday through Friday mornings at 1130 a.m. Eastern. Only on Webmaster Radio. PR Web is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PR Web's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PR Web. PR Web, the only major newswire service that drives quality, measurable traffic to your site. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? Pass the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts. Mm. Plus, their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and tells me how much I earn from each advertisement. Wow. And that sound better? Pass the pepper. Wow. Thanks for the tip. I'm going to 
give ValueClick Media a try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at ValueClickMedia.com. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. are back with Michael and Margaret Corda and now I, I, I'm coming into what I would call like the favorite part of my show because the book I'm holding in my hand <laughs> cat people bah. I'm a, so cat, you're a cat person I'm a cat person I am I, I, I am 200% a cat person that's good um, when I grew up and I've, I've I'm one of those weird ones that that you know has like the stories about their cat that did things that no one believes mm-hmm right because I did you know I, 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 I had a cat that I grew up with as a child I had the cat for 12 years and um, Put it this way, you know. I'll tell. I'll tell you my strange cat story. All right, my cat could say three words, audibly, and, and to the point that we we which three? It could say milk, mm-hmm. out, and now, and it, <laughs> and it definitely had you know you know it had that meow kind of sound to it. But it was it was so audible. I mean, it, it was so. You could hear it. You knew what that cat like. It wouldn't stand at the at the refrigerator, and her name was Smokey. She wouldn't stand at the refrigerator and say "out," right? And you could hear it. It, it, it was to the point that we had this. She she was like you know. 55-year-old, you know, black maid working for us. And, you know, she was very, very super religious. <laughs> she, what, she you see, the devil was speaking you, you, through the cat? You see where this is going. Oh, no. Okay. I didn't so know the story. So we, 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 we warned the maid <laughs> that the cat might ask to go out. <laughs> And we warned her that the cat might say milk now (laughs) and stand at the fridge and do that. And I mean, as God is my witness, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I would swear on a stack of Bibles. We came home one day and that maid was sitting on the French front porch on the steps outside, scared to death to go back into the house. And uh, my mother's name was Kathy, and, and we, we came walking up, and, and uh, she's like, Lillian, what are you doing? 
and she goes, "Oh, Miss Kathy, Miss Kathy, that cat done been talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Kathy, that cat done been. She been asking me for milk. <laughs> well, what did you do, Lillian? I gave it some milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, then what? Miss Kathy, it went to the back door and it asked, it asked to go out now. <laughs> well, what did you do? I let it out, and then I came out front because I couldn't be anywhere near that cat. <laughs> Miss, and literally, that that was the last time Miss Logan worked for us. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, do you believe it? Yeah. Okay, now, tell me why, because when I tell that story, people think I'm just plain whack. They think it's just, you know, (laughs) a a kid growing up with his favorite pet and hearing what he wants to hear, but my maid never came back (laughs) as a direct result of that cat. I think you're right. We hear what we want to hear, right? Sure. <laughs> Margaret's Mark is just checking your reality meter. <laughs> I do think that I do think that where it exists and it doesn't always exist at all, that there's a tremendous degree of communication between animals and people and Margaret has uh, uh, an unbelievable ability um, to empathize and communicate with animals, which is one reason why cat people work is because because I, I certainly don't have it, but I can recognize it in Margaret that Margaret, in fact, is picking up uh, all sorts of signals from her horses and her cats that I wouldn't pick up. See, I think cats are just little people in furs, in fur coats. <laughs> there no, we go. You know, I, pre- I love all animals. I mean, I have. I mean, I grew up with dogs, so I definitely have more of a connection with dogs and. I'm sort of wimpy, so I'm allergic to cats most of the time. But yes, I do believe that when you open yourself up to it, that there there is an amazing communication. I mean, my God, I the dog I grew up with, Gigi, used to what a gimmick, a kid and a dog. My mother used to exercise on TV with us. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, um, but but this dog when I was born, they said. Um, my parent is a long story. My parents had this dog, and that was like their shared, you know, like their shared child. And long story short, they said, you know, when you have your baby, the dog's going to be jealous. It's not going to be healthy for the baby. They put the dog, of course, my parents being the, the crazy kids they were, put the dog in the in with me in my crib, mm-hmm. and it, she bonded with me to the point where I'd roll over and I'd wake up, and she'd run back and forth between wherever my parents were to myself, letting them know, you know, she's up, she's up. Can you do something for her? Someone would come near me, even like jokingly raise a hand and this is a poodle she lunge herself at them she I, I mean she was almost like nanny nana from um the dog's a terror uh, the poodle is a very smart breed yes true yes yeah. true. yes which is lovely but you know darren is he's a big i am a big cat cats. lover i love cats i, I, I love- do too uh, we have five right now wow oh, we wow. used to have eight now wow. we have five i have three with me right now i believe michael has one in the office downstairs. Yep. And the other one's out in the barn. All right, now Nani's cat. What is oh, that? Oh, Bali. Bali. What? What is that cat? God, she's Balinese. I want to say. No, Does that no, make no, sense? no, 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 no. It, it is. Oh, that is Bali Balinese. Balinese, <laughs> right? <laughs> this cat. I have to say, I'm in love with this. Okay, cat. Okay, put it this way. It, it, this is probably the largest cat I've ever seen. <laughs> that is not, and it's it's a healthy cat. It's a very healthy cat. When I say large, I don't mean fat. I mean it's tall. It's got big paws. It's 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 a very and it's an expensive, you know, breed cat. Mm. Um, but when you look into into this cat's eyes, 
it looks like this cat is can look deep into your soul and 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 it's it's amazing this cat well, i think cats really tune into you yes i agree because we have we had one uh big gray cat called jake who turned up at our door one day and we took him in um and he became very intuitive to moods or if you were upset or if it was a sigh or a sob or a moan he'd be there he'd be all over you he'd be very clingy yeah, but no, that's think- your part. Yeah, but you know something? I think that, because to be honest with you, when you and I started talking, like, I think the two segments ago, we were talking about being an only only children. Right. And unfortunately, I always have to be very conscious of the clock wheel. I just wanted to jump into this conversation with you and sort of like nicely, Michael, I apologize. Forget about you and Darren for a few minutes. <laughs> like, you, you seem to be like a very warm and inviting person. And, you know, I'm a very firm believer. People exude energy. And you exuded energy, I think, that's very welcoming. You know, oh, I, you know I, think, I think I do, but I think I only started to exude energy probably around the time I was 40. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, what were you doing before? before? No, I, know, right? <laughs> I said to somebody the other day, I don't know what I used to do with my life. I used to lie around all the time. I would sunbathe. I would go shopping. I would do my modeling. I would do this. And but now I don't have I can't find enough hours in the day. Then I was always lying around. But is that, you were doing sex appeal, Margaret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Immense quantities. Right. So you had you probably had men flocking to you, you know, at the time, and now you've sort of you know turned on something else. If you turned back the other way, you'd still have a lot of these men flocking to you. Now you've got cats and and horses cats flocking and to you. Other things. Cats and horses and Michael. Well, you know, cats and horses and Michael. Oh my. <laughs> it is true that Margaret had a capacity for leisure, which. Well, I admire, I've never shared, that was amazing when I first met her and was somebody who literally could sit in the sun by a swimming pool, looking stunning in a bikini with a pair of sunglasses on, sipping a drink for an entire day perfectly happily. I so, did it for months. Years. <laughs> but but, so but not really the same drink, right? It developed this kind of high potential of energy and activity wow. because it, 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 wherever it was before, it was directed in another channel. Isn't that interesting? But how, all right, so how did you kids uh, connect? I mean, because here you are. I mean, because I, I, Michael, I would tend to think that you're like a plate spinner. I don't, you know, you always have, like, you have to have a lot of things happening at the same time and you get very focused in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, I think it's true. Yeah, okay. So then you've got um, Miss Pinup Girl over there, who's <laughs> <laughs> who's like, you know, you're, 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 you're you know, the, 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 um, the pinup girl for wherever, whatever venue you're adorning who can just be chilled and laid back and then you've got Michael who's very focused and sort of high strung so is it because you guys balance each other out? How I think we do. It? I think, you know, we're, we're in many ways rather opposite and there was a huge attraction for that. Really? What was the huge attraction for you? Um, I think one of my big attractions Michael is that he never criticizes me. Wow, okay. And that's a great thing. Now, what do you mean by, when you say he doesn't criticize me, what does the word criticize mean to you? Well, you know, he 
never saying to me, oh, God, you look awful dressed in that, or why don't you do something different with your hair, or did you have to say that to so-and-so? Michael would never say that. It's just, and my ex-husband was always saying things <laughs> to me like that. Right, that's when you need to say to him, stay behind the camera, honey, and make sure you keep that cover shape right. on. Right. <laughs> Sorry. No, he once said to me, don't forget, kiddo, I'm the star. Ew. 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 I'm so, you know, if I knew you back then, he would have oh. been... <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I'm so glad you went horse riding in the right direction. Gosh. Amen <laughs> to that one. Part. Wow. You know what? And that's something, you know, I think that you and I share that, Margaret. I'm very, very fortunate because one thing is I, I definitely like me. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not a lot of things that you can count on with me except that I'm predictably unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And Darren absolutely embraces who I am. And he never makes excuses for me. No, that's good. Which, which I appreciate. He never says to me like, "What?" But, but why, Brandy? Why after the play? And you wanted to meet Jessica Lang, and I'm not a star person. Why did you charge the stage, sweetheart? <laughs> why, why did you jump up on? This? Why? Why would you ever on Broadway crawl onto the stage at the end of the play to go see Jessica Lang? <laughs> because it was too cold to stand outside or send a message. I just thought no one's looking there's no orchestra pit to jump over uh, no you know like i mean but but i do <laughs> i can't believe i just told that story <laughs> but um but yes i think that's that what a lovely lovely compliment and it's so interesting because you would think from an outsider's perspective like that's the one thing you would do like not even intentionally being mean but would criticize no never but isn't that interesting? But he doesn't. And that, I think that's so fabulous. So what was the number one attraction for you, Michael? Well, I think the number one attraction for you was Margaret was, uh, apart from being one of the most beautiful women in the world, um, uh, that, I, that she was intensely focused on me and interested in everything I did without necessarily wanting, wanting a part to of change it, it or revise yeah. it or... Edit you. Well, yeah, and it made it my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's a very powerful attraction. Um, I, think, I, I think it's amazing that we managed to ride in separate directions around the reservoir in Central Park for so long without riding in the same direction. Um, but it was an attraction that, that I think was absolutely immediate for both of us. But meant to be. Oh, yeah, I, I it was definitely that. with the French school and coup de food, or, you know, a sudden thunderstorm. Yeah, um, I like uh, that. And, 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 you know, the only people who managed not to notice were our, 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 our ex-spouses. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else in the world noticed it. Now, now, now when we <laughs> but see... But in the way of spouses uh, yeah. throughout history... Now they, they failed. They failed to remark on this point. Right, right. Now, when when I sit here and I listen to this, and, and God, regrettably, we're coming. We're coming to the end of the hour here. No, we uh, told you we're holding them hostage. I, I know Michael and Margaret. I think you should host your own radio show here. Listen to her. She's, I, I, I always. <laughs> would you like to host your own radio show? Here? <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't know if I could do that, but we'd love to come back and visit. Oh, we'd yeah. love that. We would love that. But now I've got to ask this question because this this begs this question. I'm as, so into you, people. I'm sorry. As I as I sit and I listen to, to how, Michael, your career has evolved and how I hear that you, the two of you wish that you would have began collaborating sooner. And I look at 
the content and and I, I I see that she's the horse person she's the person that's connected with the animals and the cats and you're the editor is she the content and you're the mechanism behind help weaving and and you know still playing that role that you'd played you know so well for 47 years Oh, I think Margaret's been the content of my life since about 1973. That's awesome. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. I, I, as I say, what amazes me is that we've managed with horse housekeeping and cat people to do two such difficult things as collaborating on books, you know, because people's intensity of feeling about what they write is something very special to them. I, I, and I know that, that I see that in what Margaret does. Um, uh, it's not it's not casual. The way people write and what they write means a lot to them, and and changing that uh, is uh, is often very very difficult. Right. Having spent forty seven years doing nothing else. Well, of course, and and it's your it's your passion. It's something that you're pursuing. That's your absolute passion, and you want to share it with everyone else. And you've got an idea of how I would assume, you know, how it is that you want to share it with someone else. And here you come along and you say you know what, what you're doing is so perfect and on the mark. However, my background is understanding what people are going to embrace easier. Try doing it this way. And I, I would assume that that could be a hard thing. Well, I'm used to a lot. You know, I've been Joan Collins' editor and Jackie Collins' editor. So <laughs> Yeah, right. No, I know. Hey, so let me ask you a question. This is a silly I, thing. But let me ask I, you a question. Oh, sorry. I could... I, I can deal with people disagreeing. <laughs> so, but, but let me ask you a question. When you, and I, and I apologize for this, and I wonder, Margaret, if you had any hand in this as well. But when I was, I don't remember, like 12 years old or something, my mother handed me this book. And when I saw cat people, I automatically thought of, um, which is totally different, Every Night Josephine. Oh, I, oh yeah, of course. Jackie Susan, I was Jackie Susan's editor. Bucko was her editor too. <laughs> right? No, no, no. And I know that, but that's what came to mind was like every night, Josephine and my mother. And like, do, do, I mean, Margaret, were you involved with that at all? Because that's no. sort of no. I don't believe I knew Michael then. No, no, that's that's you were going you were way way back. No, no, yeah. way way back. Even I wasn't involved in editing every night, Josephine. But I have to tell you that I met Josephine. Oh, Josephine was a poodle. <laughs> and, a, and a very difficult poodle. <laughs> I met her. I heard, um, like mother, The first right? time I ever met Jackie Suzanne, um, Irving Mansfield, her husband, mm -hmm. came back after Jackie, Jackie had, had chatted for about five minutes, and he had been out on Central Park South walking Josephine. Right, right, right. And wow. Jackie said... Um, Irving, baby, did Josie do her business? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Irving said, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just, what a riot. So, so to me... Oh, oh, you've brought back a flood of memories, not all of them happy. Oh, <laughs> no, but I got, and see, when I think of, like, I, I think I was just born in the wrong era. era yeah. Because, like, I think right up until, like, the early 80s, I just think things more, more, more romantic and more creative and more, you know, there was a decorum to the world to an extent. There was, you know, true chivalry. I like a man opening my door for me. Oh, me too. Y y you know? Yes, I, mean, I do. I like the door mm -hmm. opened. I like my chair pulled out and I like men to stand up. 
But by and large, I would say I do. You do that. Yes, you do, Michael. But very few people do. And I do like them to take their hats off in restaurants. Yes. I find that to be utterly disrespectful and unnecessary. And if their mothers didn't treat them properly, I will absolutely make a comment to them. (laughs) (laughs) Not an Uh, an issue. Evil of War once said that the definition of an English gentleman is somebody who always takes his hat off before hitting a lady. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, oh wow. God, Michael, we didn't even hit your quotable quotes, and I would like to, you know, also at some point be able to open the floodgate to some of those awesome memories because, wow, the people you've worked with, you know, the you've just done so many amazing things and taken people's life's work and, and be able to um, create legacies for them. And not to mention, I'm curious about, you know, now that you guys have opened the floodgates between the two of you and you're collaboration together I'm curious to see where we go from you know horse housekeeping and cat people to what you guys come out with next well Margaret's going to do a book on a vending ah let her describe her own book I'd be difficult well I'm you know I'm going to do a book on eventing for the lower levels which I think is actually for a very limited audience but I feel a need to do it and I think Michael and I will probably collaborate on a book of photographs of pairs that Michael has done over the years. Accidentally. Let me make it clear that the whole idea is that the photographs are not deliberately pairs. You take a photograph, and then later when you look at it, you say, oh my God, they're mirror images of each other. Or... The things are married. Okay. You, we do, you we, just we, had Darren and yeah. I looking at each other going, pear? pear? We thought you'd like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought fruit. Yes. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, later we're going to do apples and then goosebumps. No. I mean, I'm thinking uh, Andy Warhol's dead. I know you uh, must have hung out with him, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, let me tell you, I, we have to ask you back. This has been no, an amazing... No, let them go. This has been amazing. Really, the hour has come, it's and in fact, we've run... A, it's flown by. It's love to come back anytime you guys would like to have it. It's been a great pleasure. Oh, Same here. Really? And, and you know what? Um, um, we, we now have that recorded. <laughs> so I'm going okay. to take you kids up on We that. will definitely take you up on the offer. For, folks, that is Michael and Margaret Corda. If you're very interested in horses and uh, what you need to know about keeping one at home and how difficult it might be, <laughs> let me tell you, this is the book to run out and go get horse housekeeping and what not to do of course and of course I personally am a cat person so I highly recommend going out and getting cat people straight away Michael and Margaret Corda thank you so much for joining us tonight thank you for having us it's been a pleasure it's been a great pleasure for both of us awesome thank you very much you guys have a great night happy holiday happy Happy holiday happy and healthy to you and yours awesome bye 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 (laughs) well there you have it I really really like them they have to have their own radio show now Uh, uh, they were amazing. They were amazing. Can I tell you, um, th- when you talk to a couple such as as them, they have uh, they've obviously gone through so much over the years. They've experienced a lot. Mm-hmm. Michael is an icon in the industry. Absolutely. worked with some of the most. You know, didn't even scratch the surface. Oh my like God. I definitely wanted to stay focused because I think it's amazing with what they do. Oh. but I hate that clock. Like I'm steering facing. I hate that clock. No, I know. I mean, I know. really, because you know what. 
we've just scratched the surface and you you know like we just need to do like five hours on the quarters oh and you could easy <laughs> no but we could because I just felt like we were rushing through things and they've got such awesome like she was a model y- you know the that was a, that marriage. was a two hour, that was a two hour easy two hour show yes easy was. easy two maybe I, I was on the right tack when I said we should have done a two hour show tonight ah, ah, you know. now it was the wrong combination but the right concept yep, you know yep 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 there you have it folks let me tell you it, you know Rainmaker has continued to rain down upon you some tremendous guests of late and uh, we, we're not going to stop uh, you know when you when you get the publisher of Forbes Rich Carlsgard, Michael and Margaret Corda uh, Keith Ferrazzi um, Brandy Shapiro Babin <laughs> Okay, she no, just no, seriously. did that. When we have, uh, whatever, the heads of Yahoo, we, we just have, really, the people that are making a difference or have ha- or have made a difference in the landscape that we live in, learn about who they are, the paths they've taken. You know, Michael uh, started off wanting to, look, he was in film. And he went, oh my God, someone will pay me. To, to, to read, read books? And he read a bunch of crap manuscripts until, like, he found a winner. And he started to raise his, you know, go up through the ranks. I, we love listening to people's story because you know what it helps you know? The path you're on is the right path to take. Well, Everyone's it, had their ups and downs and their freakiness. And and what I liked about it is here's another husband-wife couple doing it. Yeah. And just you know like what? us. Yeah. Every night, it sounds like. Hey, oh, boo. Wow. That was, that was I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? And, and stuff that Michael didn't talk about, which, you know, we can, we can come back and talk about is like, here's this man who, first of all, and he also, above and beyond being, I mean, he had prostate cancer. Right. And is wrote a book about good, it. And, and wrote a book about, about it. So experience. I mean, I'm not, you know, speaking like, wow. So we'll talk about going through a horrible experience, having to recreate that in print, um, but then give back to a community he benefits from. I, I just, whatever. We're having the quarters back. I'd like to have him back next week. So whoever the guest is next week. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that, that that is it. That is, that will be the last Rainmaker before Christmas. This is true. This is very true. So you guys and, and Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Hanukkah because Hanukkah and Christmas coincide on the same day. So no it. more, no more nose pressed up against the glass of the non-Jewish house anymore. Everyone gets to celebrate on the same day, folks. All right, folks, we're going to let you go. We thank you for joining us tonight. We hope you have enjoyed tonight's show, and we wish you all a healthy and a happy and a very merry Christmas. We'll see you here next week.